The Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State. Top of the Stretch is presented by Tizwiz. Be the best, outperform the rest. With us today on Top of the Stretch, brought to you by Tizwiz, driver Mike Wilder, born and raised in Springfield, Ohio, now a resident of Washington, Pennsylvania. He began his driving career at the age of 16 in 1988. In 1990, he got his first win, winning three races that season. Over this career, his best year was in 454 wins. Most money won in a single season occurred in 2015, $4,255,000 in earnings. For his career, 8,306 wins and earnings of $67,854,676. Mike Water, welcome to Top of the Stretch. Thanks, Roger. It's great to be here. Uh, when you started out there in Ohio at the age of 16, did you ever imagine a career such as you've had, especially in the last five, six years? No, I mean, um, when we get started in our, you know, life and uh, wanting to race, it's all, all you ever dream about is being in those races. And then to, to actually get it, be in one of those races or several of these races and then win, it's just the icing on the cake. It's, uh, it's a dream come true. I mean, the Adios, who would ever think, you know, Mike Water would have, would have won the Adios. Would you agree that it was the biggest day in your racing career? Oh, absolutely, for sure it is. I mean, I've won stake races, but none, none on that stage, none, none bigger than the Adios, and it was, it was quite a so thrill. And then I crossed the wire, and it was crazy. So you win the Adios. Um, now, what's your next goal? <laughs> I don't know what my next goal would be. I mean, there's so many big races to win, and you know. That being said, it takes a special horse to do that, and it takes connections that have that horse, the owners, the trainers, the caretakers, to make that happen for me because, you know, I get maybe five minutes with that horse anytime I sit behind him, and they got every day of the week to, uh, you know, hours and hours and so much, you know, they they do all the work. I just got to do my job and hopefully he's in the right place at the right time, which he was yesterday. And it just all come, it all came together just perfectly. They purchased catch the fire for $15,000. Do you remember the first drive behind catch of the fire? Yes, I do. It was here at the Meadows. Actually, he had uh, baby raced once and he had won his two year old maiden at Sciota. And then he came over here, and uh, I was lucky enough to get him. And John, I've driven several horses for John over the years. And, uh, you know, before that race, he was telling me how special he was. And, my, he was he was definitely uh, right on when he said that because he was. He finished second in a sire stake, and he paced like 52 and a piece, home in 26 and change. And that's hard hard to fathom for a two-year-old here at the Meadows. You just don't see those lines very often in uh, – I knew he was real special that day and uh, ended up having a tremendous year. Now, his two-year-old season was capped off by winning the Kentucky Sire Stakes final 
uh, going for I think it was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and that was at that time that was a dream come true as well. Yes, it was. I mean, that was that was a big thrill winning the final at Lexington with him. Uh, I was very confident in my horse that um, that day. I I kind of got an unlucky trip the week before uh, in the PA Sire Stakes, and uh, that was really the first time I pointed that horse and put him on the lead, and uh, he just exploded. I mean, he was just unbelievable. Have you noticed much of a change from his two-year-old season now to his season as a three-year-old? He's the same horse to me. He's a little more mature. He was mature last year, even as a two-year-old. He just, uh, to me, he's he's the same. He's just a little stronger. He can he can like you know on the sloppy track yesterday. He could withstand, you know, those numbers I was throwing I was you know throwing at him and uh, you know we have fifty-four and one on a sloppy track and he felt like he was down to the half in a minute. He's just uh, he's very strong, but he's always been that way. But to to withstand you know uh, the pressure he was getting and, and hold on to win, it's just amazing. The size of Catch the Fire, he, he's rather small, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's not a real big horse, but he has a heart of, he just has a heart of gold. He uh, he, he has a real efficient gait, his his gait. I mean, if you ever watch the horse race, he's he's flawless, no wasted motion. And I think that's one of the reasons he, he can do what he does, his, his, uh, his determination and his gait. It's just, you know, they go hand in hand, and uh, he's got both. Let's talk about yesterday's race, field of nine. And you were listed as the three-to-one morning line favorite. Did that kind of surprise you that they made you the favorite in that field? Um, yeah, yes and no. I mean, you know, after Poppy Rob was scratched, um, you know, obviously they're probably going to list me or the Greek freak or, you know, they take the next winners as probably one of the favorites. And, um, you know, you hate – I, I should say I hate being targeted like that. You know, the, oh, you're the favorite of the Adios. You know, you get all this hype and stuff like that. But I thought he was well-deserved to be the favorite. I mean, I have a lot of confidence in, in, in my horse. And then to, to go off, you know, the odds he went off when we went went to post. You know, it was just like everybody thought he was that good, including me. But you still got to get the job done. Now, the day of the entry, the – two, three horses at one, and they had a luck of the draw for choosing your post position. You won that luck of the draw. Uh, What was your thinking about taking post three? Well, it was kind of tricky because the uh, slanted gate here as well, as you well know, is, you know, it's kind of a disadvantage to be way down in there, you know, in the one and two. I'm not a real big fan of the one and two hole, any kind of race at the Meadows, but I figured me getting the first pick, um, it would be either the three or four hole. And uh, I took the three just because I thought if I took the four, which is a great hole here, um, I didn't want the Greek freak underneath me. He's got real big gate speed, and uh, as well as all the other Colts, I keep targeting him, but I knew he was one with a pick. So I, I keep mentioning the Greek freak just because of that, because he was going to get a pick, and I wanted to pick under him. I knew he wouldn't take the one or two. I was pretty sure of that. And... Uh, I just didn't want to be on the outside having to work any harder than I was going to have to to get it done if I could get it done. Did the race go just about as you expected? 
Yeah, it did actually. I'm, I thought maybe uh, I'm not sure. I thought the Bar, uh, Captain Barbosa horse might leave just because he, you know, 25 and three last week. Um, Tony Alonya had three horses in there, and I thought they might send him forward, and um, but they did not. But uh, it's, it wasn't surprising to see two of the Burke horses right out there early in the fight. You know, they have uh, you know tremendous horses, and uh, they're always ready to go. And uh, it wasn't a surprise to see who was right there with me heading into the first turn, as well as the uh, Nancy Tactor horse. Um, I thought that's kind of what, what I would see, and then it all played out. And once I landed third, I did not want to be first up into two two of the Burke horses, and uh, so I just I took my shot, and it, it paid off. You got to the top uh, rather easy, and once you got on the top, uh, how did Catch the Fire react to being on the engine? He, he uh, reacted real well being on the engine. It was, uh, I was talking to my wife about it, and I said, you know, I looked over the half, 54 and one, and we're in the slop, but it felt like he was getting to the half in a minute. He just, he was just, he was floating on air. He was doing it so easy, and, uh, you know, that horse can come from anywhere, in my opinion. He's, he's done it from everywhere, and uh, he's good on the lead. He doesn't have to have the lead. He He's just... Uh, He's one of those horses that make my job easy. He's just a he's just an overall unbelievable horse. Now going down the backside, uh, first over challenge by the Tactor three-year-old. Uh, were you comfortable that you could handle him? Yeah, I actually I was comfortable. I mean, when he come to me, my horse kind of, you know, he picked up the bit pretty good. Um, he come at me real hard and got about half to three quarters of the way by me. But that was by choice. I mean, I didn't want to go toe to toe with that horse because we were pacing so fast. I thought I needed to to uh, save a little bit for the stretch if I was going to have anything left. And uh, I mean, I could have went toe to toe with him. I just didn't think it was the thing to do. I was going to save as much as I could. And when we hit the bottom turn, he could, my horse paces the turn so good. And uh, he, as soon as that horse kind of to, kind of started to tail off a little bit, I hit the gas and uh, I had enough to get home. Now, when you're coming home, it developed uh, much like uh, the race that uh, Brian Sears won the Adios with the Marvelous, uh, six and seven horses wide at the finish. Uh, when you went through the wire, uh, were you pretty sure you were the winner? Uh, yeah, I was pretty sure I was the winner. I couldn't see Scott. I could, you know, you get that feel in a race. Uh, Scott Zeron was flying with the other Alanya Colt and but when we hit the wire, I kind of looked right and left, and I could tell my horse had him. he was out far enough that uh, I got there. It was just it was so crazy. The first thing that popped into my head was I just won the Adios, and that's so hard to believe. You know, it's such a like I said, a hard race to win. But man, what a what a relief that came over my body to get that job done. It was just amazing. Now, after the race, a lot of drivers pulled their horses up and turn them and goes back towards the paddock and the winner circle that way you continued on down the backside and i i can't help but feel you knew where heather was and you wanted to be to heather first up i did because you know everybody was screaming from the paddock and i was you know waving my whip at them the people on the hill were screaming for me and i knew right where my wife was and she was in the bottom turn and i wanted to uh get down there to be with her and uh, all my friends um uh, you know, and my daughters, I knew where they were at. They were over in the grandstand, and I, I just, I wanted, I wanted to go down and be greeted by friends, 
and my wife. I know I knew right where she was at, and uh, you know she walked to the winter circle with me, and uh, it was a very special time to you know be with my family, and and I was so glad and and happy they were there, yeah. and it was I didn't want it to end, you know. <laughs> I didn't put a clock on you, but it may have been the longest period of time from the end of the race for the horse to actually get to the winter circle. Uh, you enjoyed every moment and you knew what was coming up. And uh, what did you say to yeah. Heather? And what did she say to you first up when you got together? When I got to her, I yeah. just couldn't, well, I was, I was pretty emotional. Uh, speaking wasn't real easy. And uh, it was just, I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't. I really, to be honest with you, I couldn't speak much because I was very emotional and, uh, as well as she was. But uh, what a feeling. You don't get that feeling many times in your life. And uh, doing something you love, like racing horses like I do, and uh, it was it was pretty awesome feeling, I can tell you. Well, I thank you for spending some time with us uh, this morning. But, uh, you know, you, you win the Adios at the home track. It's the biggest race of your career and things like that. But I got a feeling that the family involvement of your entire stable, uh, your father-in-law, Dan Altmeyer, and his wife, and your family involved, being with family is so important in harness racing, I feel. Yes, family is everything to me. I mean, I got such a great support support group here with, with my family, as you just said, you know, with my wife, my kids. My mother was in town, um, Dan and Ruth Altmeyer, um, my mother and father-in-law, they, uh, you know, Danny, he, first call I had on my phone after the races were over, I checked, and it was him, and uh, I called him, and he said, what do, I said, what do you think of that? And he said he was so damn proud of me, and that was, that was huge. There were a lot of people very proud and happy when you made it to that winter circle with Catch the Fire for... Charles uh, Taylor and John Ackley and caretaker and everybody involved. Uh, after these short message from Tiz with Frank Prowse will be talking with owner Charles Taylor. After this message from Tiz Wiz. When only the best is good enough, horse owners look to Tiz Wiz Nutrition. Your horse is an individual with its own needs suitable for its lifestyle, whether it's racing or relaxing. For over 60 years, Tizwiz has strived for nutritional excellence, delivering products that make a difference. There is a nutritional reason for everything that is put into Tizwiz feed. Take your racing stable to another level with Tizwiz. See the complete line of Tizwiz feeds at tizwizfeeds.com. Tizwiz, feed the best, outperform the rest. Welcome back to Top of the Stretch. I'm Frank Fries, now joined by Charles Taylor and his wife, Vanessa, the owners of Catch the Fire, the winner of the 2020 Delvin Miller Adios. Congratulations. That is a nice ring to it, doesn't it? It does. Thank you so much, Frank. Uh, we're very excited on this side. It's a blessing. Take me through the day. You started out as the morning line favorite. What was going through your mind all day? Well, uh, I think uh, prior to today, I think you and I had talked, and, you know, I thought Captain Midnight was uh, going to be tough in the race, and and uh, uh, the Greek Creek and a couple of other ones I just thought were going to be very tough. I was 
very surprised that we ended up being the favorite in the race. Um, you know, he's a great horse and he's special and he just gives everything he has. But um, I just thought that uh, being a smaller stable and small ownership, I thought that, you know, they would give uh, Tony Alagna and Ron Burke a little bit more um, betting in there than what they did. The race starts and Micah settles him in third behind some of the early speed, but then catch the fire took the lead for the first time in front of the grandstand. Was that the way you guys drew it up? It was not in my, in my mind, it was not the way to draw it up. However, um, I, I can tell you that Mike has had a tendency to uh, do that when he thinks we're supposed to win. So uh, due respect to him, he, he had, when, when he feels like we are the best horse in the race, he drives them like a favorite, and he tells them to come get him. Well, he had the lead until just before the three-quarter pull, and then no losing sticks his head out front, but uh, your horse, Catch the Fire, would have none of that. Retook the lead. What went through your mind, though, when your, your horse fell ahead behind? Truthfully, I thought that was it. I thought the 121 and one three-quarters had, uh, had put him away. And, um, you know, I thought, that, I thought that there was a chance. And then I'm watching Mike. I'm watching Mike's hands. And, of course, Mike, being the professional he is, he knew what he was doing. He, he strung that uh, no losing out as long as he could. And then he popped the plugs on uh, Catch the Fire, tapped him a little bit, and uh, he took off. Now, I will tell you, we have always talked about this horse being a little bit smaller, and uh, he is very durable in the turns, and he's very quick through the turns. Uh, and he doesn't even wear a head pole. So he's very, he's very handy, and I think Mike knew that. Uh, I can't speak for Mike, but I just think that he knows what he's doing, and I think he knew exactly what he was doing at that moment. But from, a, from an owner's perspective and a, and a handicapping perspective, I thought, uh, I thought the five was going by us down the stretch it was a free-for-all and then to top it off you get the late charge from chief mate right at the wire did you think you had it i did uh, when when we put uh elver and the greek freak away um i didn't see chief mate and I, I don't think mike seen him and i don't think the horse seen him obviously he couldn't see him um i i think that i think that uh that was the big thing is no one could see that horse flying on the outside, which by the way, that horse went a huge, huge last quarter. Um, I think it was about a, uh, a second faster than anybody else in the race. And um, uh, it was a little nerve wracking, but uh, I was relying on the call of the race and the, the announcer had called catch the fire. So I was living with that announcement. Well, Vanessa, what was going through your mind through this whole thing? And what was it like watching your husband when the horse crossed the finish line? Well, I I know we don't have any uh, defibrillators in the house, so at least I know CPR because he was about to have a heart attack. It was just so exciting and nerve-wracking and knuckling, and but we saw Mike just he just kicked it into overdrive and brought it home, and it was just very intense and exciting. Now Charles says you're the one who was behind the purchase of this horse. Is that true? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> now, he also says you've been to more tracks and sales than you've probably ever wanted to. Yeah, it's been a long journey, a lot of um, learning, a lot of sacrifices, and um, it's just 
a blessing and amazing and a lot of hard work to get to where we were last night. Now, Charles, you said uh, you guys were unable to make it up to the track um, for the race in person. How difficult was that? Um, you know, it was it was disappointing, but obviously with what's going on in the world right now, we're all appreciative of, of uh, everyone's safety, and, you know, um, we're just doing what we can as a group, and I think that's uh, – uh, I attest to the, the Horsemen's Associations and things. I, I, you know, yesterday it was tough on everyone. Um, it was even tough on Mike and Heather and John. You know, John didn't even get to go to the winner's circle. John was on the backside, but um, – we're doing what we can as a society and we're doing what's best for everyone around us. And I think that's just as important as a winter circles picture at this time, at this moment. We, we had not talked about uh, John Ackley, your trainer. You mentioned him there. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the great job he did with catch the fire. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I'll go back to my humble beginnings in this uh, business and, uh, you know, I said my wife has been drugged from every track in the country, from Pompano to to Sciota, and uh, we, you know, we were Meadow. the meadows and uh, everywhere, everywhere, meadowlands, anywhere that we have lived, we have been next to a track, and uh, we, uh, you know, we go back to the very beginning, and I met John's son Ben at the racetrack, and my wife, we were sitting there eating dinner one night, and my wife said. Uh, you know, you, you love this sport so much and you grew up with it, you should buy a horse. And that's how it started. We bought a $3,000 horse and I met Ben and Ben said, you have to meet my dad. He's a great trainer. He just doesn't, you know, he doesn't train a lot of horses. He's just a great trainer. So I met John and, uh, I, and anybody who knows John, John's a very quiet and humble person, but it was like I'd met someone I had known him for 50 years already. We just became one and uh, he has been my trainer since the start. And he has been with me through the moments that we could barely pay the bills for the stable all the way to the good times. And we've always stuck this out. And, and uh, he's, in my opinion, uh, and I think now um, a lot of people will see, he is, he is one of the best baby trainers in the business. Um, I have never uh, had problems getting the babies to the races, and that's a testament to him of how good he is as a trainer. Well, John says now that Catch the Fire is going to get a week off, a well-deserved rest, and then next up for him, the Milstein? The Milstein. So uh, we, got an e- we got a text message a couple weeks ago saying if we performed adequately over the next month that we would probably get an invite. Um, but I have not seen anything since then, so I'm, I'm hoping this is what they mean by performing. I think this. I hope this gets us into the field of eight. Uh, for the Milstein. That would be our goal, is to go to the Milstein. And if we don't go to the Milstein, we will go to Kentucky. Well, I I would think uh, the performance of Catch the Fire over the last two weeks has solidified that invitation. Uh, I I would expect something would be coming uh, officially soon, I would hope, at least. I I think so, too. I just got to throw that out there because, uh, um, you know, we're having fun with this, and and, uh, it's, it's it's exciting for us to even be mentioned in an invitation to a race like the Millstein. So, um, you know, we, that's, that's another, that would be another first for us is for someone to invite us to come race at their racetrack. It's been just over 24 hours. Has it really sunken in yet that you got one of the best uh, horses in the country? No, absolutely not. Um, Has not sunk in. I'm not sure it ever will. I think that uh, we have, 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm on Facebook quite a bit, and I'm not really a Facebook person. I have been because of Catch the Fire, and there's just thousands and thousands and thousands of of well, well wishes and messages um, for this horse. And I've had people reach out to me, Frank, that uh, I haven't talked to in 30 years that uh, watched this horse yesterday. I had a I had a relative who I, I have not talked to in 25 25 to 30 years, and I'm watching the feed from the Meadows yesterday. And I see my cousin's name pop up on the feed that he was watching this horse. So it's just touched a lot of people. Um, had well wishes from Florida, from uh, from Sciota, pe- people I haven't talked to uh, since I left Ohio, since I moved to uh, Georgia. Um, I haven't talked to these people, and and they all wish they all reached out. And uh, I just think that's the best, the, the greatest story behind this is how it's brought so many people together. Um, and I do want to have a shout out to a couple people that through the years have stuck with us too. Uh, Brian Brown has always been a great friend to John and, and a few times when we didn't even have a, an extra truck to go to another fairground or to another race, uh, Brian was there to help us out. So Brian and, and, uh, his group over there. So those Ohio boys, they really stick together. Well, Charles, uh, congratulations once again on winning, uh, the adios um it's a a great story and i want to thank you again for taking the time uh to be on top of the stretch with us and good luck uh down the road over the next couple of months thank you frank yeah that's charles and vanessa taylor the owners of catch the fire on this week's edition of top of the stretch thank you for listening to top of the stretch top of the stretch is presented by tizwiz Feed the best, outperform the rest. Top of the Stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association.